We're back. Another week, another podcast exclusive right here on the Stochastic Podcast Network. I guess we'll call it that. Did you guys do one last week? We did not. It wasn't the same without you. Me and Spag, we worked through the show, but we didn't get to dig into this. So I'm excited to recap what we saw and talk about some strategies that maybe can unlock big money for us this week. Yeah, man. Dave Locker and Ben Ross are back again, looking at week 14. But first, we recap week 13 using the post-contest simulator. Uh, it's a tool that I think has done a lot in the way of, you know, kind of opening our eyes to a lot of different builds and, and what has worked and what hasn't. Matter of fact, I've seen some of mine early in the year, just a you know negative pre-simmed ROI and try to fix that. You know, what's going on with those? And you mentioned to me that while you didn't have a great week, you had I mean, all of the builds graded out really well after the fact. That's not what you want to hear. Uh, you know, I mean, it is and it isn't. On one hand, you're like, well, they didn't win. So what do I care? On the other hand, you go, all right, I'm on the like, I'm on the right track. I'm on the page that I should be. And it's football. It's insanely complex. It's volatile. There's so many different things that can go wrong in the NFL. You just have to be in the right spot for when – for, for when the, the stars align, you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. It, it was uh, injuries were mostly my biggest problem. Um, Carr got hurt. Stevenson got hurt. Pickett got hurt. What are you going to do? So there's nothing to really analyze from, from my spot. I thought it was a fascinating week. We had a guy who was like 75% owned in tournaments. Never see yeah. that. That's like a once a year occurrence. And won the Millie with a seven from him. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a triple mega mind pivot if you got off that, but you, you didn't kill. It was so popular that it really didn't even make a difference almost, which was kind of crazy. Yeah, I want to pull the spy up too. It's 100K to first. Um, we spend a lot of time talking single entry and three max here, but you know, a lot of it applies across the board. Uh, we just try and drill down because we don't have anything on YouTube really for for like straight single entry three max. I know you guys have enjoyed these quick 25, 30 minute episodes. And then we'll try and try and put all of this together at the end of this podcast with some strategies, some game theory, some specific approaches that we can take into week 14, 11 game main slate. Not a lot of buys, but you have a double header on Monday. So uh, it takes one game out of the main, leaves us with 11. I pulled the spy up and the first thing that I looked at, Ben, the 100K winner didn't have Zach Moss, right? Didn't have Zach Moss, but... Let me be very clear about this. If you, and for what it's worth, ran away with it. Look at the score between first place and second place, right? Ran away with it. But second place, third place, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, all the way down the line did have Zach Moss. So you still had some really, really good lineups out there that built around that $4,600 Zach Moss and managed to get great lineups in there. So you weren't dead with Zach Moss at 4,600. And for what it's worth, he had 21 touches. He led the league in, in carries and touches inside the 10-yard line. Every, everything was there. It just didn't come to fruition as far as results. It didn't materialize. But the winning lineup, 213 fantasy points. Second place had 195.7. Just to give you a, an idea, that's a massive disparity. You don't see that very often at all. Brock Purdy. With the Debo single stack at running back, and by the way, they both went off. Kyron Williams, Rashad White, Michael Pittman Jr., George Pickens, Devontae Parker, 
We talked about this on Sunday, right? We said that could be the piece where if you just go cheap and get nine or 10 from him, it could be enough. And it was. Forget what he finished with. I'm going to go look it up unless you remember. It was around, you know, he was solid. Now, it didn't win you the tournament, but he certainly didn't lose it for you. Not a 3,300. Sam Laporta. So I actually went a different route, paid up a little bit for Sam Laporta when many people were going super cheap there. Uh, and Falcons defense. So interesting build. Uh, it had a 21% SIM ROI. So graded out nicely. Not super high, but still graded out as a positive SIM lineup. 213 fantasy points. Not that popular either. 136% ownership sum and took down 100K in the spy. I mean, that's the kind of stuff, you know, you don't see it every day where there's a quote unquote runaway winner. But this is why I love doing this. There's nothing in there that's like, well, never in a billion years would I come up with that. Just like a, a really solid group of balanced builds. You know, you have a lot of guys in that upper, you know, Debo, Laporta, uh, Pittman, Kyron Williams. To me, that speaks to that balanced build. You don't have the, he paid 10,000 for Tyreek, who was awesome. You don't have that, oh, he got McCaffrey and then he punted. No, he he punted a couple spots so he could pepper the 7K range, the 6K range. Uh, and we saw the results of that. I think it's a fascinating build that's always underutilized. I'm looking at your lineup now, just massive sim ROI. Dear God. You you got bit by injuries bad. <laughs> yeah. Derek Carr. Dead. And I mean, that game looked, I mean, that was just, oh. But Carr, before the injury, was starting to look like, okay, this can salvage at the price point. Because Olave was looking fine. You had him. Ramondre Stevenson. Javante, you got the volume, just wasn't there. Tyreek Hill. Oh, you had the double stack with A.T. Perry. Man, I had him. I'm going to look at my lineup because I had a slight sim positive sim ROI, but I didn't catch. Uh, but A.T. Perry, he had that long 30-yard reception. I was like, okay, here we go. This is my this is a punt. This could work. David and Joku, Jalen Warren, Falcons defense. Yeah, that just, I mean, it just didn't work out for you. No, it li listen. I mean, Stevenson was was hurt immediately, and that kind of did me in. And, and Joku, it was just a, a not one of those. I was really happy with the lineup. Truly, I can look back and say, okay, I'm I'm pretty content with that one. Uh, it just wasn't even close. Um, but yeah, I, I same same blueprint to me of what we saw, which was just like uh, you didn't go crazy. I went a little more, I think, in line with the field where I, I went up to get Tyreek. Uh, and by doing that, you know, it forces you to to probably punt a couple other places. I punted three times at running back. I had three mid-range running backs, and not one of them was Rashad White, which was really the one that you wanted. I want to pull up the fair catch, too, because this is a, you know, lower entry, but $200,000 prize pool. The fair catch, because I didn't cast a spike. I just looked. We had essentially identical fantasy points in that one. The fair catch winner with 200, wait, was it the same? It's the same guy with the same line. Oh, wait, hold on. Let me make sure that's correct. This, I think the same guy might've put the same lineup in. Nope. I'm sorry. 208 fantasy points. Gardner Minshew, James Connor, Zach Moss. So there you go. Won the fair catch. Man, I would have thought the fair catch had a higher first place finished in the spy just given 
how many more entries are in? Yeah, there's a lot of people in that. Um, Mike yeah. Evans, Michael Pittman Jr., Debo, damn. Logan Thomas, wow, double tight end with Laporta. Said you got blanked on Logan Thomas, but didn't matter. Garner Minshew, if correct me if I'm wrong, Garner Minshew is pretty pedestrian as well. That's my yeah. I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but yeah, it didn't didn't stand out. Chargers defense allowed zero points, but he had Evans, Pittman, Debo, geez, James Conner, Laporta. This is one of those lineups that had a couple plays that just didn't do much. Moss, Logan Thomas, Minshew, and it didn't make, didn't matter at all. Just went nuclear from five other guys. So is the something that I, I I never really grasp where it's like, man, I don't understand. Like my lineup has because I guess you know flame emojis are not all treated equal. Like if you get sixteen, you get a nice little flame emoji. So does the guy who has thirty nine. And you know a thirty nine point player with Zach Moss gives you forty six, and two guys that get you twenty one give you 42 and you know at first glance it seems oh i don't understand how this lineup did that when you hit those mega ceilings you can uh, uh kind of mask a goose egg even you really can and we see it i cash this one nothing crazy um brock purdy man looking at my ownership though i, I may have strayed a bit on this one because it's high 11 percent sim roi but Brock Purdy, Rashad White, Zach Moss, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, Deontay Johnson, Brevin Jordan, Brandon Ayuk, Panthers. Double stack Brock Purdy with Tyreek Hill, had Debo, 175 fantasy points. Brock Purdy obviously went off. I had no chance of winning, though, because Deontay Johnson and obviously the Kenny Pickett injury sucks there. Brevin Jordan didn't do much. Panthers defense, you needed... There were enough defenses that had really big games. Um, Rashad White was fine, but this is one where, like, if I did, if I didn't have Zach Moss, I could have had a better finish, but I don't think it would have made a difference. No, I mean, at some point you're a little capped there, but uh, still, the path was there. It's just some of those, you know, extreme performance. We've seen this two weeks in a while. I know you were out like two weeks ago. You were playing a tournament within a tournament with Kyron Williams. Last week, you were playing a tournament within a tournament with Debo Samuel. It didn't really matter. There was almost no feasible way in a large field tournament to overcome a score of that magnitude. So it really became, okay, everyone who has Debo is in a separate bucket, and now we play a second tournament and see what we can do. I don't really see anything about the winning lineups that stands out as like, okay, that's an interesting build that we haven't seen this year. Everything seemed kind of standard, right? I mean, to me, probably the most interesting part of everything is that the Millie, the fair catch, I didn't look at the red zone, but a lot of these contests, the winner still not in the spy, but the winner still had Zach Moss with a seven. Because again, I think it, it just showed it was that kind of week where it was really, really high upside on a couple spots. And then a lot of pedestrian outputs. And when you see that and you see crazy ownership, you can get away with some of that. And we saw it with Zach Moss. He was not good by any stretch. But the raw points were, you could be over overblown uh, in the sense that Debo, Laporta, some of those guys that we keep seeing on these lineups can mask that. So there, I don't really believe there's a lesson there. Like the lesson is find the 40-point players and it helps a lot, which we all know. <laughs> 
Um, but I think more for me that the lesson is in lineup construction, that when you do get these pay down options, it's not just about them. It's about what it allows you to do with the rest of your lineups. I think that's always the second piece that's under talked about. It's not just about, is this guy going to be great for me? It's if he's average and now I have Tyreek and Laporta and St. Brown or something like, what can I do with the rest of my lineup? Exactly. It didn't matter. And that's why when you get a lot of people, I mean, look, would we have loved a bigger game from Zach Moss? Sure. But I don't know. If, again, I don't know if that matters because he was so popular that you would have needed those pieces anyway. Like I had a lot of lineups with Zach Moss that didn't cash. Um, would, let me ask you this, given his ownership, say I was, you know, not bubble, like close to bubbling. Would, would 15 from Zach Moss really have made that much of a difference? No, again, you're talking about raw points wise. What? That's an extra like eight. But everyone else around me likely had him too. That's what I mean. You're not moving up. Uh, and you see that when you're in contests, like it's, it's over talked about in some regards, but then it's, you see it in fruition when a guy scores, if you have him and he's 6% owned, you vault up the board. If he's 40% owned, you move up, but not as much as you think you would based no, on you what you Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. I, I, all the people who are in front of me are still in front of me for the most part. The 5% owned guy could have a 10 yard reception and you move up, Yep, you know, 400 spots in certain contests. So yeah, it makes a massive difference. Anything else you want to look at or reflect on from week 13, you think it'd be helpful for the listeners before we make our way to week 14? No, I, I think really we we've seen this. It's late in the season. Now it's just about applying what we see and I'm going to dive into it. There's some big time quarterbacks, but there's also, this is a, a unique week and I love this. Josh Allen, Mahomes, those types at the top. How about Joe Flacco and Browning at the bottom? Don't think that you can't consider them. And what does a lineup look like if you go to them? Well, it's going to have absolute superstars peppered around those cheap stacks. Let's say DTR is out. Are you open? I know we talked about it on the first look strategy show, but we kind of ran out of time. So maybe we can just pick this up for a moment here to, to venture into week 14, starting with this. Are you open to that? I am. I am open to that because I, I was playing around uh, during our first look show with those type of builds. And like, if you go Flacco, Elijah Moore and Joku, you have so much money. I mean, I, I have some lineups just again, just plugging around. You could get Chase and St. Brown. You can go get one of the top tight ends. You can get a couple top. You can go Kamara and McCaffrey together. You can take some of the skill position players and go, okay, I'm going elite with elite around a very cheap stack. And that's always a interesting build to me. Yeah. If you went Flacco, Elijah Moore and Njoku and just say, played the jets defense, 2,900, that's a uh, 6,800 per player remaining for the, for the last five. That's a lot of money potentially. Not to mention the mid range. And by mid range, I'm talking like mid six K to mid seven K range at running back and, and, and uh, right, right receiver. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll throw in tight end too. Absolutely stacked in that range this week. Stacked. I don't think you yeah. have to pay up to the top. Now, I love Amon St. Brown. I think we'd both agree that Christian McCaffrey, any day of the week, and in a stack like this, you could definitely do it, is viable. Alvin Kamara, 8,200. 
But look at some of the mid-range options that you'd be working with at wide receiver. DJ Moore, 6,500. Um, if you want to go San Francisco, guys, they're both still under 7K. Alave, 7K. Pittman Jr., 7,300 against the Bengals. Um, Jamar Chase, we saw Jake Browning against the Colts, 7,600. Mike Evans has been dominant, 7,700. All of these guys are squarely in play, and you're kind of going to be able to do whatever you want with them. And that's the beauty of it. I think the mixing and matching in the mid-range this week is one of my biggest themes. Uh, you know, we'll have some value, particularly at wide receiver, the Mingos, the Moors of the world. But even if you don't go to those stacks, you can really open up a very balanced and effective build just by paying down at, at honestly, a couple different positions. Even running back again, those mid-range, there are guys that I, I feel very comfortable with if you want to unlock salary this week. I know this is a, a tough question to answer because we don't know what the we don't know what the scoring is going to look like on Sunday. Well, let's just assume it's kind of a routine week, not super low scoring, nothing insane like some of those early high scoring weeks we saw this year. What would you be happy with? What do you think what do you think could get you there? Assuming you build around it correctly with the Flacco, Elijah Moore, David and Joku, like a Flacco stack being given how cheap they are because that's an average salary assuming amari cooper's out that's an average salary of like forty four hundred dollars yeah and that's gonna allow you again uh, i'm gravitating towards maybe dual wide receivers chase and same brown dual running backs kamara and mccaffrey uh something like that around it I, I think that's how i envision the build but i'm saying what would you be comfortable with as far as production that you think oh i'm sorry you? so from those three yes so it is all relative within the slate but even if they give you say what 40 to 50 i mean that's pretty damn healthy like a 20 spot from flacco could go if it was a 2020 10, that's what I'm saying. That's fifth day. Yeah. Flacco, Moore, and Joku, 2020 10 in that order. It doesn't sound impossible if Amari Cooper's out. No. It it's all relative to, you know, if if you get 50 and Njoku gives you 12, if Kelsey and Laporta both have 33, you're done. You're just done. You're not going to be able to make up the raw points unless something crazy happens in running back land. If everyone has pedestrian outputs, Njoku could give you seven and it's fine because it allowed you to go get St. Brown and Chase and they both have 40 burgers and there's just like limited ways to get both of them on your squad without paying down for maybe punting a tight end. Kind of makes you think back to last week where Zach Moss at seven got you there. None of the other cheap running backs, unless I'm misremembering, you know, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris. Uh, I feel like none of them got there. None of the other discount running backs. It was that type of week. But again, uh, you mentioned, I think this was really important. You said at the beginning, the Zach Moss thing, everyone just looks at what happened and says, well, it wasn't good, but also he was on some winning line. I would have run that back. And I'm not the only one. He had a lot, a lot of opportunities. He literally led the league and touches inside. Like he ran 10. pretty, pretty poor. Honestly, he ran horribly. Now, look, was it a tough matchup against the Titans run defense? Yeah, we all knew that. Everybody knew that. And for what it's worth, this is not a defensive 
playing the chalk or a defense of, you know, oh, he should have been better. It's more so a defense of like, it still worked for a lot of people. That's what I mean. It wasn't even a, a, oh, game over. I could see myself getting to a lot of single stacks this week too, though. Uh, Skinnies? Yeah. Lamar Jackson. Uh Justin Fields, those are two guys that kind of jump off the page. Like a Fields more. Maybe a Fields Comet, but that that gets into some dicey territory. Lamar Jackson, would you consider a Lamar Jackson stack only running it back with an Isaiah Likely? That's the problem here with Mark Andrews out because you have Zay jo- Zay Flowers. There's no one really that stands out in that offense. No, you could do that though because Lamar there's a very real chance that if he has a ceiling day, it's going to be isolated points. So I have no problem with that. You could run Lamar naked if you want it to be very different. For sure. You know, something that, that could have played well last week, and I did it in lineups. It just didn't work because I had Derek Carr in some of those. I had some some poor quarterback play. I did have some Tyreek Hill, Devon A-Chain lineups. Yeah, and it's still yeah. – the Dolphins have so much production. Yeah, and but but I'm saying both of them – had solid games. The winners in some of these big li- tournaments, though, didn't ha- didn't even have Tyree kill. No, you didn't need him because, <laughs> yeah. again, the balance build, it allowed you – Tyreek forced you into Zach Moss. Not that Zach Moss was terrible, but Tyreek and Zach Moss did not outscore two mid-range Debo plus whoever. Exactly. Exactly. Like, Pittman was still good, significantly cheaper. Mike Evans was great, significantly cheaper. Uh, all of those guys in that, what, low 7K range or whatever it was? It allows you to pair them together, upgrade off of a Terry McLaurin, or upgrade off of Dear right God. off of one of those other 5K guys to another 7K play, and now things look a whole lot better. It's just the way it worked out. And it doesn't mean the other way was necessarily wrong either. No, again, that's where you, know, you really want to lean on. I, I can't say enough about the SIM tools, or even if you're using lineup general, just some some frame of reference to get a a way to cons- conceptualize what is possible for the slate. I think that really, really helps and is one of the things that's changed my process for the better this year. Are you leaning towards some Jake Browning stacks after what we saw on Monday night? Definitely. He's going to be popular. He's going to be a pay down option, but you've got Chase, you've got Higgins, you've got, I think you could put Mixon in those stacks. You can absolutely do that. I think that Browning more than represented himself that he's a legitimate quarterback. He's in a comfortable home matchup. Uh, it's not the best spot in the world, but the price point is absolutely appealing. I do have a fun one for you. Uh, and I'm really curious to get your take on this. Okay. We don't know what ownership's going to look like. It's Tuesday. Our first ownership drop will be Thursday morning. And we'll have a show for that. Obviously the Patrick Mahomes led Kansas city chiefs have kind of, sputtered of late to say the least right against the, the the las vegas raiders sure got off to a rough start ended up dropping 31 one by 14 19 points against green bay 17 against philly they simply could not catch the football uh only 21 against miami they did get the win nine against denver you see where i'm going with this right even that win against denver in week six they had 19 total points they just held the you know completely neutered Broncos offense at the time to nine or 11 or whatever the hell it was. What about Mahomes double stacks with Kelsey and Rashi Rice? Because Rice has clearly defined himself as the wide receiver one in that offense. I think we're at least at a point now in the season 
where you can say, outside of Isaiah Pacheco, who's been very involved and played really well, and I like him this week, where you can say that Kelsey and Rashi Rice are the two top options in this passing offense. It's just nothing's materialized as far as production lately. Yeah, again, uh, unfortunately, that's just a question I, I honestly believe lies in ownership because if Mahomes and Kelsey, who we've seen for years doing doing it time and time again, are under, you know, they're not grading out well, people don't like them, you have to look to it. You do. Now, if you want to tell me they're in the same ownership as a Bears stack, as a Buffalo stack, as a million other stacks, now we have to consider it a little differently to me. It's not the end-all be-all, but Mahomes gets exponentially more interesting if people are going to Pacheco, if people are going elsewhere, because we've seen Kansas City stacks win time and time again at very low ownership, and that could be the case this week. What becomes difficult, though, is you know, if you go Mahomes, Rice, and Kelsey, you're almost forced to forego many, almost all of those good higher mid-range options that we love this week because it leaves you with $4,800 remaining per player, only 5000 if you were to include a cheap defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the opportunity cost that, which will probably keep them a little potentially under own. I think they'll probably be very low on as a result, especially as double stacks because Rice is no longer 4100 Yeah, it's an, it's an interesting concept. I just don't know. Like, I, I'd be curious to see how the Sims tool grades it out because – you know, it's ownership, but it's also roster construction. It's not just, you know, the individual ownership of a play or of a stack. You know, like, give me, I'll give you an example last week. I, I'm sure the Waddle Hill and Tua stack projected better as an individual stack than anything else, but it simmed out really poorly as a result because of what type of lineups you were getting around it. I built I mean one. I built one and I think I played it in the red zone. I went back and looked and I had like a minus 50% SIMD ROI on that to a Hill and Waddle stack. Yeah. Sometimes it is just a little too much. And, and that's where I think the slate has to be taken uh, on its own. You know, you can't force in just because you love the expensive stack. If there's no one to round out the lineup with, it doesn't matter how effective they are. You're not going to be effective as a, a lineup on the whole. And that's that's the second part of it. So we'll see. It's going to be fascinating. I can't wait to see it uh, actually come to fruition on Sunday. I'm with you, man. Uh, and of course, all of our tools, guys, links in the description and in chat. The Sims tool that we talk about, post-contest simulator, uh, pre-contest simulator, contest generator. You no longer need any type of optimizer or anything. I mean, we've got this for NBA, for NFL. NBA has late swap. If you're looking to get in, Hell, this won somebody a million dollars just three weeks ago. Million dollars using the Sims tool in the same week. Won them a hundred k. Won somebody else a hundred k in the very same week. Uh, NFL's a, a, a fickle sport. It's volatile. You know, it, it's a ton of variance in a sport like this. But when you're always making sure to get lineups that are plus EV, whether they win or lose each week, you know that you're in position. You know you're ready every single week to win. And that's all that matters, right? You're not going into each week wondering why you're losing, and it turns out you're just making really bad lineups. Um, with a tool like this, you know that you're still making good lineups, and eventually that pays off in a big way. We saw it pay off for a lot of people already this year for NFL and for NBA. Greg's been raking in yep. NBA using the Sims tool. So if you're looking to get in, link's in the description. You want the Sims tool light, essentially, the lineup generator, $14.95 for the week. 
and you're getting the mainstays, you're getting the showdowns. Hell, you do it now. You're all not only getting Thursday night and Sunday, you're also getting a double header for Monday, which is awesome. Double header Monday, a lot of ways to exploit that. And at the end of the day, if you hate it, you're not down a lot of money. So links to all of our tools in the description and chat. And if you ever have any questions, I'm on Twitter at Lafay underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. My DMs are open. I have no problem uh, answering your guys' questions and helping you really navigate the tool. Because, Ben, I think once you understand the nuance of the Sims tool, you probably won't play it. You, you probably will never play the way you used to. Yeah. Again, these tools, there's a reason that every everyone is starting to really we, we've seen it in DFS, the evolution of the game, and I couldn't be more excited to where it's heading. There's still plenty of edges out there, but these tools can really help you, even if it's just a piece of the puzzle and not, oh, throwing everything I've done away. I, I don't think that's what we're advocating at all. If we're talking single entry and three max, just to close out this show for week 14, what are your final thoughts? If you were to kind of put a bow on everything and say, this is how I'm approaching this week. I know we have a lot of unknowns with the injuries, but how would you be approaching this week if you're going into it, you have one single bullet or, or three bullets into some of these wildcat, spy, red zone, fair catch? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, th I think this week in particular, the way I'm looking at the slate, the pay down quarterback stacks, there's multiple guys, not just one. Uh, and some of them are not going to even be popular. And I like these expensive one-offs. So last week we saw some really good balance builds. This week I have a feeling might be you want a couple of elite guys and a, a couple of pay down options. If I was building one team. I imagine my stack, even if it was a three man stack total would be certainly under 20 K. And that allows me a lot of money to spend up at other positions. Appreciate you guys hanging out as always before you go. If you have a second in the day, leave a rating and a review for this pod, subscribe to the podcast. It goes a long way for us. And uh, we appreciate you for that. Follow Ben Jazz DFS on Twitter. Soak his knowledge up while he's off the pods as well. We'll see you back here week 15. Hey, let's turn it around, bro. Let's have a big week. What do you say? Give me some positive vibes here. Uh, that's not going to happen for me, but for the people listening, there's going to be big opportunities out there. Uh, <laughs> and I can't wait to see some of the screenshots. So I'm wishing everybody luck and uh, we'll see what week 14 brings to everyone. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.